Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. So it's uh, all for play for still. I think so. Do you want to bet against us? Hi, villains, and welcome to For the Love of Bob McGrath podcast. It's myself and Paddy again, and we're here to dissect Manchester United defeat today. Aston Villa go down 3 1 to Manchester United. Um, valiant Aston Villa first half performance. Man United, I saw a statistic that scored 41 goals by far and away the most goals scored by any team in the second half. And Man United, you know, uh, scored three goals in the second half against Aston Villa to win to come out winners on a 3 1 scoreline. Uh, Paddy. Talk to me about it, I suppose. First of all, let's do this chronologically as we always do. We met for the, the team sheet tantrum and um, we were pretty happy enough. You know, it was a, a team that we probably expected yep. to play. Um, but talk to us about the team itself and what way you feel, feel the team set up, especially in the first half. Well, I, th- I thought we were pretty good in the first half. I thought there was very little room for uh, for complaints. Um, I thought there was a period maybe from eighth or ninth minute till the 25th minute that we were just excellent. We were we were much better than them in that period. And in and out of it after then, but I thought particularly from that from that to, for, between those minutes until we scored, which which is the usual we score and we sit back a little bit. But I thought they were there for the take and we should have pushed on and tried to get the second one. Didn't come to that. But I thought we set out well. Um I suppose the, the one debatable thing that people were saying at the start that was that the Barkley was playing. Um, and then people were saying, oh, oh, you haven't seen Barkley. And I was going, yeah, you haven't seen Barkley. You also haven't seen Fred or McTominay mm. because they're totally isolated because of what Barkley's doing. So, you know, for, while he didn't have what you would regard as a great game, a great footballing game, he kept the two of them quiet. He kept the two of them out of the game. And it gave people space around them to to, to work work well. Um, McGinn with a quiet game, I thought, um, in flashes, he did okay, but didn't didn't see an awful lot of the ball. Um, El Ghazi, I thought, was very quiet, 
Bertrand Traore did okay in flashes as well as particularly in the first half. And Ollie Watkins is Ollie Watkins. I think we, we know what we're going to expect from him every week, and it's a lot of hard work. But uh, yeah, back four were fine as usual, and you know a lot of people calling out Douglas Luis. So I wouldn't I wouldn't buy into that at all. I didn't think it was pretty fair. Yeah, happy birthday, Douglas Luis. You know, every man's entitled to go in and celebrate his birthday in peace as opposed to having people typing shite to him on the internet, whether it be on Instagram or Twitter. Um, just because your football team lost doesn't mean you have to go away and break somebody else's uh, state of mind by by tweeting them. Um, it's just not fair. You know, it's mm-hmm. just not really fair. And to be honest with you, Douglas Louise might have clapped back tonight. And I think that everybody, you, you know, if you're messaging him and you're messaging him stuff and you're calling him this, that, and the other, and he turns around and, you know, he claps back to you, well, then, you know, what do you expect? Uh, he's a person at the end of the day as well. Just because he's a professional footballer doesn't mean he needs to take this. No, mm. They get paid an awful lot of money. There's nobody in the world gets paid enough money to take shite from people who just decide on a whim that they don't, that the person X doesn't care about their football club. So lads, look, I think to the end of time, we're going to continue to say this. You back your own players. You don't try and hound them out of a club. You certainly don't go around telling them on, on uh, posts and stuff on, on their Instagram or tagging them on Twitter and stuff like that to tell them how bad they are. Um, look, just small bit of small bit of maturity there, I think, on everybody's behalf wouldn't yeah. go astray. And uh, I think and that's there's a lot more. There's a lot more to be annoyed about today, other than Douglas Louise. Absolutely, Louise. yeah. If you if you come away from that game going, if Douglas Louise didn't start this match, we would win this match. Then you've got a very, very, very limited understanding of the game, I think. And uh, that's not being um, yeah. high and mighty about it. it. It, but well, if it is, I don't really care because uh, Douglas Louise, you know, yes, the penalty was pretty silly, and and he shouldn't have gone back for a second, third, and fourth nibble. But to go away and to start berating him on on uh, social media, no, not for me. Not for me anyway, people. Absolutely not for me. Um, but anyway, far be it for me to tell you how to live your lives. Uh, I just think that you're, it's it's pretty pathetic to go away and do that. Anyway, back to the game, Petty. Back to the game. Um, so yeah. we started off pretty I, – I think we started off pretty well. Yes, they had a lot of flashes, and Luke, Luke Shaw had a, had a lot of joy down our left wing. Um, mostly because I think what we were trying to do was pin him back by keeping Bertrand Traore high, but we just couldn't get a foothold on the ball in the first ten minutes. And Luke Shaw got, had had a lot of had had a lot of the ball down down our right hand side. Uh, had yeah. a shot himself, crossed in a couple of balls. Um, Rashford had a shot, or, or was it? Was Greenwood had a, had a shot that he completely scuffed, nearly ended up at Rashford. And Matt Target had an absolutely excellent tackle. Not only did he tackle Rashford, but he got to the ball and, and was able to clear it and, not, and yeah. make sure it didn't go for a corner. That was fantastic. Mm. Um, but like, like early on, Amy Martin is of no theory. He'd a save from Shaw, he'd a save from Fred, he'd a save from Rashford, and he'd a save from Greenwood early, early in the game. So you know they, they they got a lot of change down that left hand side, their left hand side. Um, we we alluded to that. Well, I probably alluded to it because that that that's what I said in the team sheet tantrum that I was worried about Luke Shaw and the effect he would have on 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 our right hand side. And that's by no means having a go at Maddie Cash. I thought Maddie Cash did excellent. Mm. He did he did his job, but he just he just seemed to have the work of two men each time. And it just didn't. It just didn't work early on. Now I think I think Bertie came came a bit deeper as as the game went on yeah. and got a bit got a bit of, got a bit better at it. 
But um, as luck would have it, we were one nil up at that stage, you know. But either way, it's uh, you know, it was it was a decent first half performance. And as I said, that period between about the tenth and the twenty fifth minute, I thought we were excellent. We looked like world beaters. We looked like the team. We looked like the team that was sitting in second place and and nothing yeah. to play for. Yeah. Nothing to play for, exactly. Like Man United, and we've said this quite a lot over the last couple of weeks, that these games are going to be a barometer, a kind of a marking stick to make sure that the start of the season wasn't a fluke. Um, I think what we, what what, and I probably didn't make it apparent at the time, but I think we started off with Everton really saying that that was going to be a marking stick, and we both said it as well today that this yep. would be a good test of, of where Aston Villa are. We haven't shirked the test, I don't think, in either of the last two games. Obviously, beating nope. Everton, playing very, very, very well. And then Man United will know they've had a game today. They'll know they've had a game today. And they'll, they'll, they'll know they got away with one or two things in this game. And that mm. is for sure. Um, I think there was that you mentioned that 15 or that 10 to 25 minute period in, in the first half. I thought we were fantastic. There was a statistic came up. We owned the ball. I think we had nearly seventy percent possession during that period of yeah. time. Um, you know, we were passing the ball around. I think what we've gotten really good at in the last couple of games is playing those little triangles in midfield, passing our way out of trouble, and not just panicking and booting the ball up mm. front to allow the ball to come right back down at us again. Now we did do that. We went one nil up a small bit, and I think that's the growth process of this team. The team needs to grow into being comfortable with the lead as opposed to being um, rigidly defensive with a lead in hand. Mm. There was a lot of good triangles between Douglas Louise, um, Barkley, uh, McGinn, Target, Douglas Louise, McGinn. You know, there was a lot of little, little ways that we were to play our way out of trouble. Yeah. Um, a couple of times as well. And this is something I'm, I'm seeing that as the team were getting more savvy with the league itself. And we weren't really doing this in the first in the first half of the season. Well, Jack Grealish was because he's just he just gets how to play football. Mm. But you've seen it they get ourselves out of trouble. John McGinn would burst at players and you know, maybe do a little kick and chase. And then as he go and goes past the player, got a little got a little touch, went down, win a small free. That all the big teams do it. You know, all the big teams do it. We're 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 kind of getting a small bit savvy from that point of view and how to play the game. Bertrand Troy did it a couple of times. We didn't see any of the wild passes across the field from Bertrand Troy today, which was good. Mm. So this, I, I think that, you know, when you distill this whole, this whole performance down, we will obviously talk about the three or four main points of the game, but when we distill this game down, we performed pretty well. You know, we performed, that's, that's as good. Uh, um, like that's, that's, that's a better performance than 99% of the performances last year. Our performances that we've had since yeah. maybe since the start of the start of twenty twenty one. Yeah, well, I'll put it to you this way: it's it's the, probably the first game that we've played that you can say if we'd have had Jack Grealish there, we'd have won the counter. That's the way I felt about the game. I thought I, I thought he would create it a whole lot more in the first half, and we could have easily gone into up or three up at halftime. The way we were playing, I thought we were excellent, and he's a big loss. Um, we, we've got to deal with that in the summer. We've got to get more players in. We've got to get more quality in mm. there to, to go at these teams and and put them to bed because they will come back at us. And that and that's, you know, we spoke about it beforehand. United are a slow starter, but once they get started, 
All it, all it takes is one one decision to go their way, and they're 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 at you in your face, scoring goals and pissing you off. And we got we'll get to later on. The second the second they smell blood in the water, it's uh, you know they have that ruthlessness about them. But they have that ruthlessness ruthlessness about them that having a team full of. 30, 40, 50, 60 million pound players will give you. And Aston Villa aren't there yet. And I keep, we'll have to keep on, you know, reminding, not reminding, but yeah. I'm going to keep on saying this because people know this. But, you know, and you know what, like, Neil? I hope, I hope we're never there. I hope we're never at the case. Yeah. We're, we're, going to be, we're going to be buying 34 million. Like, there's, there's rubbish in there for what they've paid for them. Yeah, 100. But still, you know, I don't yeah. think Harry Maguire dislodges Mings or, or, or Konza in that team. I, I don't I don't I wouldn't want Pogba in my team. All these players that they paid stupid money for. Now I know Pogba is a lot better than he was, but like I, I hope it never gets to the stage where we have to compete with that kind of money because I think you know the, the model that, that is being worked on at the moment is a sustainable model. Mm. But we will have to push out push out the boat a little bit. But you know, if, if you're talking about buying seven, eight or nine players worth over 30, 40 million. That's not going to be us. I don't think it'll ever will be us. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. I could have, the owners could have a plan to go and, and, and do this in the summer, but I just highly doubt it. I suppose the biggest thing I was getting at there is that, that these players are all experienced and they know when to change mm. through the gears, you know. Right, we've got them on the ropes here. We can sense this. Sometimes yeah. I feel that Aston Villa have the naivety of excitement almost and then the oh shit we got a goal we got a goal we got a goal and it plays on our mind from the fact that we got a goal let's not concede and then the second they concede one they're like it's it, it's like like we've done it again and we've done it a couple of times so we've conceded two in a row and this isn't a criticism of the team it's 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 a i suppose it's talk of the evolution of when you have a team that's in consistent flux and consistent yeah. transition the whole time like it's getting that down yeah, this is the closest. This this is the closest Aston Villa have been probably since the Martin O'Neill era to having a static and settled team. Martin O'Neill didn't make an awful lot of changes to his team, and it frustrated fans. Dean Smith is getting to that stage where he doesn't make an awful lot of changes to the team. Yes, it frustrates the fans, but there's a lot to be said for continue continuity and stability. And um, we'll get onto it in a moment when Dean Smith made a, an uncharacteristic double substitution later on in the game. I thought yeah. that that was good. That was good. Actually, I thought all his substitutions were good today. Um, but let's talk first of all about the about the opening goal we got about Bertrand Traoré's goal. Uh, John McGinn does fantastic work in the middle of midfield, and uh, I think the ball goes out to Barkley. Is it? And does Barkley play it into him? Into or maybe it's Douglas Luiz? Into McGinn. McGinn, I think, plays the the final ball as far as I can remember. He's not yeah. credited with an assist because the, the Man U defender did get... Bertie got a little bit lucky in that the ball came off the, the defender, but it, he certainly didn't get lucky with the finish. It was a sublime yeah. finish. Absolutely. World, world back finish, yeah. Like, did, did, did he mean it? I don't care. Um, oh, I think it, did. Yeah, I've no doubt where, about that. Where it went was absolute postage stamp stuff. Like, it just went right in the top corner. Like, literally, you can't get more in the top corner than that. It went down and off the crossbar and post and in, like... If if you score one of those in the schoolyard, you don't shut up talking yeah. about it for the whole lot of the school year, you know. So that's the thing. He does the sublime. He goes from the sublime to ridiculous in the space of in the space of you know ninety ninety minutes. Does Bertie, but like for what he did there, I hope that that's that that you know that he he starts to work on his game of tracking back, being more of a team 
of a contributor in, in in the three the three phases of the game as opposed to you know just having this maverick and we've known he's a maverick like this isn't this yeah. is like but he just had this maverick kind of will today whereby he plays the little behind uh, little kind of Cruyff turny type pass get it past Lindelof he comes off Lindelof then he just gets it I actually thought there was a deflection on it to go in the way that it went in but no clean strike arrowed into the top corner and take a bow it was fantastic goal and up there i'd say with with our top two or three goals i'd say of the season probably his other two goals but uh, he, could, he could have the top three best goals uh, for us possibly, possibly yeah um yeah that you, you just summed it up really you know you never, you never know what you're going to get with him um i thought he did i thought he did particularly well attacking wise today but defensively just wasn't there until later on in the game when we were we were on the back foot and he was forced into that situation until the substitutions were made later on. Mm. Um so we go in at half time. Just before half time, I did get the feeling that I wanted the ref's whistle to come. I thought my United were getting ahead of steam coming up and I thought that mm. halftime would break their momentum. Um and to some sort of a degree it did. Yes they came out but they were still huffing and puffing when they came out in, in the in the second half. And then Pogba gets the ball in the box. And for all the world, all the money in the world, I just had a funny feeling the second he got it there, I goes, this is going to be a penalty. And Luis had the nibble at him, and then he went he went over, and he got up, and he continued to try and play the yeah. ball. And Luis had another nibble, and then he had a third nibble. And look, there's contact there, all right. I suppose the, those penalties are given all year. I don't, I don't think it was, I don't think it wasn't a penalty. I'm not giving out about that at all. Um, I think what the biggest thing is here, and I think that, look, Douglas Nuiz knows this, I'm certainly not going to tweet at him telling him he's, you know, that he's the worst in the world for giving away this penalty because he knows this himself that, you know, maybe the third bite of the cherry was one too much and the referee thought exactly the same. Well, there was there was no contact at all in the other bites. It was simply just shepherding, mm. really. Um, but Pogba knew exactly what he was doing. I don't care what anyone mm. says. He knew he was inviting that kind of a tackle in and the minute it came, down he went. And you've got to ask yourself, Raheem Sterling, yesterday and this is where my conspiracy theory comes in they're dragging out this fucking title race as long as they bloody can so Raheem Sterling doesn't get his penalty yesterday and Pogba gets that today you know who are these clowns making these decisions you know I'm not yeah. I'm not particularly I'm not particularly pissed off with the, the penalty we conceded today I think it was more of a penalty than our previous three that we've had you know the Bruno Fernandez standing on was a Konza last yeah. year, and then Pogba tripping himself up earlier in the season. Um, so obviously this is more of it. More, there was more contact. You know, if 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 it was given at the other end, we'd say yeah, it's a penalty. So for me, it was a penalty. Um, albeit a, a, a stupid a stupid challenge to make when when he has his back to goal. But look, these things happen in the heat of the moment. You're protecting your you're protecting the zone. You think you're doing the right thing. And let's be honest, if he gets a big toe on that and, and pokes it away to safety, we're all clapping him on the back. So what's what's it you say about the, the fine margin between a clap on the back and a clap on the only six inches between a pat in the back and a kick in the hole. Yeah. 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 That's exactly and, and, that, and that's the six inches between him not getting the ball and uh Pogba, as we mm. know, feeling the contact. As we, we saw in the last game when he gave out to Luke Shaw for not going down and he gestured. Yeah. Those that are watching on YouTube will see me gesturing just as Pogba did. He put his two hands together as if he was simulating a dive and he was caught on camera and there was nothing said about it by any of the TV companies. He wasn't called out about it by anybody. 
because that's the way that's the way the game has gone. You, you're you're doing your, you know. We spoke about Ollie Watkins last week against Everton, staying on his feet, taking taking on the shot and scoring the goal. He could have gone down, gotten uh, Holgate sent off because he was the last man, but no, he got up and played on. And there's no reward for doing that anymore. There's no reward. Holgate should have went back. He should have went back regardless of the outcome and gave him a yellow card. So mm. you know you're you're being rewarded for going down, and that's simply the way the game has gone. And the book has to stop with PGMOL or whatever they want to call themselves that are hiding behind the, their titles and mm. in Stockley Park or whatever they are. Yeah, it's. It, but, you know, it's, I, I'm sorry. I'm gonna like. I hate the, the fact that we have to moan about referees, but it's it's just the way it is. It's yeah. they have created this environment, and they have to clamp down on it. And you know, it, it's always you know. I, I, I like I'm, that point actually, Paddy, yeah. that you said there. Like they have created this environment, and yeah. it's mad that the police have to police themselves here. You know that, and this is where it is. Like you know, yeah. something has to be done. There, it, like from the point of view of even, even, like what, like what are they afraid of? What is Chris Kavanaugh afraid of there? If he has a microphone and that this guy can broadcast what he says, what is he afraid of? This, it does it does it make him look like he doesn't know what what decision he's going to give? You know, yeah. he should be mic'd up. He should be allowed to, like, yes, now, I know they say that they don't want to mic him up because the players come at them and say some pretty vile things to the referee from time to time, but that's another issue completely. Yeah. Players should not do that, and that's something that the game has, like, the game is very namby-pamby about that as well, you know, they don't really care about getting rid of that because it's great to get people riled up to see, um, and it happened today as well when Mason Greenwood and uh, and Ezri Kanza clashed, Um no, sorry, it wasn't. It was Marcus Rashford and Ezri, Ezri Kanza when they clashed. First thing, you see it. Harry Maguire sprints up from center half, sprints up. McTominay's around him, I think it was as well. They were all talking about, he pulled his shirt. He was pulling his shirt. They were looking for a penalty. They, like, Rashford wasn't looking for a penalty at all. These guys were surrounding the referee looking for a penalty. And, mm. like, like, what are we doing here, you know? If somebody surrounds the ref, the ref should just start brandishing yellow cards. Players should stay away from the referee. The referee should be mic'd up. The fans deserve an explanation as to why yeah. penalties are given and what's going on. And, you know, there should be constant dialogue. You should be able to hear it. They do it in rugby. It's way more, more yeah. difficult to, to, no, to referee I, the breakdown in rugby. I'm not, Just I'm not do even, it. I'm not, and it takes all that shite out of it. I'm not even, I'm not even worried about there being uh, mic'd up or whatever. I'm just looking for consistency. And I alluded to on, on a previous podcast that I had written a letter to Mike Riley, if you remember. Yeah. And the basic context of that letter was that if I'm in a job and I'm given all the tools to make something work right and I can't do it, I'm sacked from that job. Yeah. And here is a man who has been entrusted with running the PGMOL or whatever they want to call themselves. And he has made an absolute farce of the whole thing. He has he has put he has put the rules in for for Premier League for VAR and he's made an absolute bollocks of it. I can't think of another word for it. He's made an absolute bollocks of it. Now they said it's going to take three years to sort it out. They've done nothing different. Why, why should it take three years to sort it out? They've enough well, precedent. You know what? If if they say it's going to take three years to sort it out, you've got to see improvement, and we're not seeing improvement. Does that mean Mike Riley loses his job after three years if there's no he improvement? He should have lost the job sure. after last year. Yeah, you can be sure he's not going to lose his job. No, he's not. No, because the police no. are policing the police. 
You know, exactly. so I think it doesn't make yeah. any sense here. And this, like, this is the same Mike Riley who, or whoever he's appointed to appoint these officials to the game. And he's appointed Chris Kavanagh from mm-hmm. Manchester for the sixth time this season to referee one of the teams from Manchester. Sorry, the seventh time. As we said in the uh, team sheet tantrum, his record now is six wins and one draw, and the draw is Man United versus Man City. Man City. So, like... Even if he's not a United fan... Even if he's not a United fan, I don't care. I don't care where, what, who he's a fan of. He shouldn't. Even be if he's not, he's got. He's from Manchester. He's got family. He's got friends that are all. And look, you can talk about conscious, non-conscious bias, all you want. Why put himself like once again? I get. I, I go back to this. They didn't have. They didn't have Gary Neville commentating today, and that's a start. You know, which is well, Andy Hinchcliffe is a disaster anyway. Yeah, but that's that's another yeah. side of things. Yeah. Andy Hinchcliffe, like. We give out about people not trying to be people's friends, and then I'm going to be a bit hypocritical here and say Andy Hinchcliffe wants to be everybody's friend when he's commentating, and he make and he doesn't doesn't end up being anyone's friend. But anyway, I don't find him. I don't find him impartial either. But anyway, that's besides the point. Well, yeah, and I've no, I've absolutely no reason for to to understand why he like I don't understand why he is. But anyway, that's beside the point. Let's 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 not go down this route again. We're sounding very broken record with, with, with commentators there as well. Yeah. But you know what we were saying about Gary Neville? Why put yourself in a position like that to? Have the question be thrown at you that you weren't the impartial, and just from a commentary point of view, there's no way Chris Kavanagh can stand over and say, oh, I absolutely wasn't it was impartial in, in this game because there's just so many mitigating factors, you know, with regards to that. Mm. There's uh, th- like if I was hiring somebody, if I was hiring somebody in work and they were related to or they were going out with a relation of mine or something like that, I'd remove myself from the hiring process due to the, the potential for there to be. You know, maybe some sort of conflict of interest there. And, yeah. like, I mightn't have any direct relation with this person. This person could be, like, maybe going out with a second or third cousin of mine or something like that. But yeah. to stop, to, to like, so that I wouldn't be compromised from the point of view of having question asked about me and my professional role, I would remove myself from that position and say, I can't do this interview. Can yeah. somebody else do it? And it's just basic common sense for me. And I've, said, I've said on here before, back in the 90s, I used to sit beside Mike Reid, who was a Premier League referee yeah. at Villa Park. Mike Reid never cheered a Villa goal. I've no idea if he was a Villa fan. He never cheered. He, he never gave out about anybody. He was just there to watch a game of football. But he could never referee a Villa game because he was from Birmingham. But yes, we've got Chris Kavanagh, who's refereed now seven games from the two Manchester teams in one season. Is there not enough? Ref- there has to be enough referees out there. We haven't seen Kevin Friend. Our friend, Kevin Friend, nobody's friend, Kevin Friend, since that episode at Crystal Palace last year. So, you know, why are they getting Chris Kavanagh seven times in a season? It's just, it's just, you know, they're putting a hand out to be slapped. Really? That's true. I I can't understand why this hasn't come up before. That's true. There's a number, there's a couple of incidents later on in the game that we'll get to. And, and, you know, because, because of the fact he's from Manchester, you're questioning his motives. In, in not awarding penalties or even talk to us about that one. So the handball is what we're talking about here. Mason Greenwood. Why? Why? How is that not a penalty? Well, you cast your mind back to when we played Man City at the Etihad. Maddie yeah. Cash is a yard away from somebody, and the ball is headed at his hand in an unnatural position. As we were told, his hand was in an unnatural position, level with his ear, and it's a penalty. And yes, today, hand, ear. 
no penalty. The, this is the, my whole point. There's absolutely no continuity in the decisions, none whatsoever. And I just, I just, it just baffled me. And the only theory I can come up with is they're trying to elongate this. F- from from my point of view, it's a fraud of a of a um, title race because the title race is over. Man, Man you had nothing to play for today. You know they're ne- they're never going to catch Man City. They, they need one more win, and it's going to be sorted. But yes. Oh, the title race is still on, and United won, and City. They mentioned win. it quite a few times there in commentary. Actually, yeah, it's a farce. It's an absolute farce, and it's the only thing in my mind that that you know, people are saying you know, oh, conspiracy theory. That's that's just how I feel about it. I think it's an absolute farce that the, you 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 ju- you just got to look at two decisions, two exactly the same decisions, of where their hand was, um, and two completely different outcomes. It's just. The, th- the thing for me that, that, that drives me absolutely scatty with regards to that is that it took them a damn long time to show a replay. And they that showed it once or twice. And yet something happened later on in the game, if you remember, and they were insisting on showing the replay and we yeah. missed Harry Maguire getting his yellow card. Yeah, they actually, they, the, the camera actually missed it. They had to yeah. show us the replay of that then afterwards. But yet they weren't insisting on showing us what happened here. Yeah. It was that 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 was really strange. And look, you know, we're not getting into conspiracy theory here. It's just annoying. It's annoying because you know that there would have been ten or twelve different camera angles going from everywhere. That the that the producers would have been like, short, quick, 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 short, short, short. Do we we've a talking point here? But I, I I thought in real time it was a handball, and I'm still I still think it's a handball because I'm sure everyone was shouting for a handball in real time. Everybody, yeah. my phone was lighting up with handball for, on Twitter and whatever. And the ball hadn't got out of play at this stage. <laughs> it's just yeah. a farce, an absolute farce. It's such a shame. It's such a shame that little bits and pieces like and, this happen because plus it just creates VAR. animosity between fans, you know, is all yeah. it does. And it shouldn't be that shouldn't be the case because football brings people together. Yeah, you can have your tribalism of sport in your club and whatever. But like now it's a case that you go on Twitter and you say, I think that was a handball, and you've got 40 United fans going cry harder. At you, and you're going. Wait a minute. Why should I be fighting with a Man United fan over this? When the Man United fan had no control over whether the penalty was given or not, it's actually the FA. It's actually the pre- the referee and stuff. But the referee gets to go away and go home. And this is the thing about micing them up. We don't. They don't have any accountability. And we're shouting for accountability. Everybody's shouting for accountability since the Premier League began. Need accountability. If they get every, if they get everything even for everybody, there's no need for accountability. There's no need for micing up. But they don't. So maybe that is the next phase. Maybe it is. Oh, is there enough there to give it? You know, it's Man United. Maybe that's what they're saying. I don't know. Nobody knows. We'll never know. We'll never know. Um, let's go on to the second goal that they scored, Paddy. So the first goal, obviously, was a penalty. Um, second goal was Mason Greenwood. Ball comes in, turns turns Mings. I think it was a pretty tame shot. I think we had two opportunities to stop it. Number one, I think yeah. we should have stopped the ball coming in from the right-hand side before it ever goes to Mason Greenwood. And the second one, I actually think Emmy Martinez needs to stop that. Um, but commentators made a big song and answer about, Mc, about Mings. Yes, he was turned. Mm-hmm. I actually think it was a really good turn. You know, I, I think thought, it was a really good turn. Way too easy for my liking. It was, but I, thought, I still think it was a really good turn. Considering where it was, he didn't need to, to dive in that, that much. He had time mm. to recover. And then I think he gave Emmy Martin as a decision to make. And just before the shot, he seemed to take a step to the right, which gave Mason Greenwood an easy target. It was a pretty tame shot. Probably could have dealt with it. But 
once that goes in, I think it's game over then. Yeah, and it, it, I, I think so too. We did have a couple of chances where Burton Troy gets his foot on one and Harry Maguire dives in front of it with his head, um, you know, and it just goes wide. Uh, I thought yeah. that that was a goal. I, th- I think we did have a couple of chances, you know, to equalise in the game. Obviously, the penalty would have been fantastic. Then they get their third Cavani with a lovely header and call it, you know, call it for what it is. I think that was actually, I think United, you know, United actually played into our hands slightly in the first half by not having a Cavani there. Um, and I think that he did what he does best. You know, he just he just mm. patrols that penalty area so fantastically. And what age is he? Is he 34, 35 years of age? Probably, thank you. He's he's like I know this I know that it's unlikely that this club will do anything like this in the, in the transfer window. But I'm a I, I'm getting to the point where I would like to see a small bit of experience, maybe a 27, 28, 29 year old come in into the team to add that leadership up front, open up um, further up the field. Even when Jack Grealish is in there, Jack Grealish is a leader by example. I think we need a leader by stature, and I think Cavani is a leader. You see him. He demands things. He's nasty. He does things off yeah. the ball. He gets goals. People look up to him. You can trust him. He grabs the. He, do, he does it all. And I know mm-hmm. he had a slow enough start to the season, but but he's coming into his own. And um, I thought his goal was just really good. I thought it was just. I uh, guess yeah. he he gets he he gets himself with Matty Cash, and he gets a run on the Matty Cash. And Matty Cash is going to look back at that and go, "Oh my God, how did I leave an old man get a run on me like that?" But because of his physical stature and his size, there's no way Cash, Cash is getting around him again. Yeah. Just Cash, yeah. If Cash does try and get around him and put his hands in him, where is he so, going? To the yeah. ground, and then it's yeah. going to be penalty number two. So you're caught between a rock and a hard place like that, you know. So, but but he does get in. He does get a lovely header on the ball, and it's textbook one on one stuff. Run across the defender, give them a give them something to think about. They're not going to foul you, and if you get the, you literally just glance it off the back of your head into the into the to, to the away from the goalkeeper. Just that's how you teach people to head the yeah. ball in that instance. Yeah, can't argue with you there. We might have a yep. little argument now about the, what happened two minutes after the goal. <laughs> two minutes after the goal, we have an Ollie Watkins running full steam, Dean Henderson coming out. And once again, I actually, you know what, I'm going to say this, and you might laugh at this. I think it's refreshing to see a goalkeeper wearing a baseball hat. We don't see it enough. We don't see it enough, goalkeepers wearing baseball hats. But uh, yeah, I've no problem with that at all. I think it's important. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's really important as well. Yeah, you, you should wear it. Like it looks as well bit silly in twenty twenty one because you don't see it so much. But uh, fair play to him. He he, you know, he he wore it because it was the best thing for him. But anyway, um, Ollie Watkins was going through once again. We're in the situation here whereby we're looking for consistency uh, with the with the awarding of this penalty again, or the not awarding of this penalty. Um, I'm okay with it not being awarded a penalty. I'm not okay with the yellow card, second yellow card to send off Ollie Watkins. Chris Kavanaugh, once again, like that is that that was just like uh, I I like the double jeopardy rule that people have. Like, did you have for you well if if you give away a penalty, you won't get a red card. You know that double jeopardy rule that they brought in? It's bad enough. Let's go back a little bit earlier though, in the game. Um McTominay makes a cynical foul. Yes. In his in his own half, right? Yeah. The referee starts edging towards him. Then he kicks the ball away in the same movement. The whistle is gone a few seconds and he belts the ball away and nothing. And yet, this guy at that pace can call a dive instead of letting the ball go out of play and saying, Stockley Park, help me out here. I'm either awarding a penalty or I'm booking him for diving. And 
You tell me the last time someone was booked for diving because I can't fucking remember at all. I don't remember anyone this season. The amount of times we've looked at VAR and it not being a penalty and the referee has never once... I don't remember one incident where the referee has come back and saying, you conned me there, yellow card. It never happens. It never happens. But it happens today against Man United and we're without Mm. our strike over Thursday. And that has me as mad as hell. Especially when there was contact. And you know, once again, they played it twice and they went, no contact. Yes, you can see it. There is contact there. Oh, he pulled his feet away. Well done, Dean. Well done, Dean Henderson. He didn't pull it away. He made contact with him. He made contact with him. Then he pulled it away. And then how many times... Out if, if this was out the field in the middle of the yeah. field and someone slides in and someone has to hurdle them and then loses their footing after after hurdling uh, somebody once they yeah. once that happens it's still a free you know I I, I just I I'm blown away by that one like I I'm okay with losing to Manchester United in a, in a sadistic sad yeah. way but I'm not okay with that red card let's put that challenge into perspective right Ollie Watkins saw it coming and lifted hmm. his legs lifted his legs. And the reason he lifted the legs, if we go back to Ben Mee's challenge, as we always do on Wesley, your foot's planted and Wesley's out for a year and a half. Um, for Van Dyke. What did VAR give Ben Mee? Nothing. Nothing. Not even a fucking yellow card or a free kick. That's what's fucking wrong. That is a systematic failure of the system. 100%. It's just laughable. And, and the thing here is that the referee had an opportunity to go and see it again and rescind the yellow card himself, but VAR can't tell him he's to get rid of a yellow card because that's not their remit. They were only looking at to see was it a penalty or not. So not the referee has made this snap judgment. He had VAR at his, at his disposal. So if he doesn't give that yellow card, waits for VAR, goes and look at it and uses it the way it should be looked at, the way it's been looked used at all season, goes over and look at it and goes... Oh, I don't think that's a yellow card. Or, yeah, I think that's a yellow card. I think uh, I would. He dived in. Um, he dived into that. He just the same way Dean Henderson came out, dived in, made contact. The referee dived into his uh, decision, and it was stupid, and it was hasty, and he shouldn't have done it, and he should have asked VAR to check it. And I asked him to go back and see when's the last time someone was booked for diving. It's a fucking disgrace. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm as mad as hell about that. The two penalty decisions that we never got is a fucking disgrace. There's absolutely no logic behind the decisions. Um, Sky Sports, they should hang their head in shame as well for, for our treatment on what I consider the forced penalty kick in how long they took. Yet when there was a little itty-bitty uh, needle, they show a replay and we miss Harry Maguire's yellow card. Like, make up your mind. Who are you favouring here? Yeah, You know, if it's handball, show the fucking handball. End of yeah, story. Yeah. Prove it. Prove just just show yeah, it. Prove it and get it. it out there, and that's it. Well, be, be unbiased. You know, yeah. you have to show. You have to show every angle. Pogba's penalty. I don't know how many angles they come up with, and yet they could only show two brief angles of when Watkins was sent off. It absolutely drives me insane. Yeah. You know, it's the same old story. The referees are are, are making stupid rash decisions. And Sky Sports are backing them up, and that's the way it feels to me. When you when when you're a big club, and you're you're bringing in that amount of money, Sky Sports are going to back you up, and they're playing to the masses. And I'm sick of it, absolutely sick of it. There you go, so, rant on for the day. I'm just going to lie in my bed now and stay awake for the night. <laughs> exactly. Um, I don't really have much more to say about the game other than Dean Smith's substitutions. I thought were really good today. Um, yeah, look, we didn't see the impact of of Wesley, and we didn't. 
people uh, once again on Twitter are giving out that they were made too late. I think that I think they were made in no. fine time. I, I think they were made in yeah. grand time. Yeah. Um, Jacob Ramsey came on. He fizzed in a couple of a uh, couple of nice passes through the middle. Um, mm. I really want to see Jacob Ramsey being brought on when he doesn't have to change the game. I think a couple of times he's been brought on. The expectation has been for him to completely change up the game. Um, we know against was it Liverpool in the second game versus Liverpool where he lost Trent, Trent Alexander Arnold for the winner. Mm. Um, but look, I'm not. We're not digging him out. Fantastic! You just see it. He's got it. He's got stuff in his feet that that he's going yeah. to really come on. Um, Keenan Davis, just a small bit gun shy today. Just could have had a shot himself. Laid it across Dolly Watkins. Another one of those great chances that we had. Um, I suppose the big yeah. question now, Paddy, is Paddy in that decision. I thought that was an adequate enough decision. He was yeah. on an angle. You're fucking Andy Hinchcliffe calling him out like Andy Hinchcliffe. What would he have done in that decision, in that position? Well, he wouldn't have been there because yeah. you know you have to uh, back you have to back the full back to get something on a, at that stage. So I thought he was right to pass it across to Keenan. Well, I don't. I don't think it was a horrible Andy. decision. I would have liked to have seen him take a shot for his own confidence. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. just knowing what we know now and hindsight is twenty twenty. I would have liked to have seen him take a shot. And and the big question here, Petty, is does he start over Wesley on um, on Thursday night? Well, I think he will for the simple reason that I, I don't think Wesley is fully fit yet. So, or Paddy, yeah, do we see Captain Jack back in the left uh, in on the, on the left side of Burton Shore up front? I'd love to see that. And who who on the right? Agassi, Agassi on the right, possibly. I'm yeah. Just, why not? Like I, I, I think I'd like. I, I don't know what. Look, we've nothing to lose by it. Mm. I don't think it happens. I think Keenan Davis is going to start, and I think Keenan yeah. Davis will come off at seventy, at seventy three minutes, and Wesley will come on, and I think that Ross Barkley plays in the middle of midfield again. I think Louise will come out, and I think he'll bring in the Kambat because that's what he tends to do when Louise makes a small a bit of a mistake. The next thing, next uh, game, Louise comes out, and the Kambat goes in, um. But I think I that's think, that's I think we will, I think we will see a, a bit of a bit of change anyway because um it is Thursday Sunday Thursday Sunday so they they are going to uh they they're going to mix it up for sure but how they mix it up now will be interesting now that they actually physically have to make a decision it'll be uh, it'll be interesting to see what they come up with yeah yeah absolutely and uh, the two players who have played every minute of the season uh, on the uh, they were on the pitch today, but Ali Watkins and Harry Maguire didn't end up playing every every minute of the season um, for a finish. Uh, one true. I, I, do you know what? In a way, I, I hope I, um, Harry Maguire isn't injured um, because uh, it looked like it was a nasty, like, like it was just one of those ones. It was actually strange. The way, it was strange the way it happened, but you know, he just he just got rolled up on. That's a common injury you see in rugby. You see that in NFL, and it's like a sprain of a medial ligament somewhere there thereabouts, and it could be six weeks. Could derail Neil, him from Euros, but Neil, in the words of Jim Royal, I couldn't give a shiny shite about Harry Maguire. Ah, yeah, but still, you know, you don't see people getting getting too badly injured in freak accidents like that either. But um, well, you know, Harry say, Maguire couldn't care less about Aston Villa. And he's a cheat, and he's in the referee's face every time the ball goes out. So tough shitsky. That's the mm. way I look at it. Well, <laughs> yeah, 
Maybe so. Um, well, we're going to be back before the Everton game. We'll be back actually pretty soon. We may even be back tomorrow night with an Everton preview, and then we're going to try and get the team sheet tantrum out for the Everton game. It would have been beautiful to be able to do it at, at 10 to... Uh, actually, Paddy, I'm, I'm, once again, I'm signing you up for something I don't even know if you're available to do <laughs> because it's going to be like, if it's 6 o'clock, we're going to be looking at like 10 to 5 um, on Thursday night So um, for a team yeah. sheet tantrum. Um, I think we'll be okay this week. The following week might be a problem. Yeah, but we'll, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. We'll we'll, str- we'll we'll carry on regardless. We'll struggle on and we'll see what happens. But look, we're, we we've got a small bit off our chest tonight. Um, and I'm going to get some more off my chest before you finish up because something really important happened today, and a big shout out to Aston Villa women's yes. team who right. pulled it out of the bag when it was needed today and got their point against Arsenal. And stayed up and will play Premier League football next year. The only disappointment is it wasn't at the expense of Birmingham City. Birmingham City. But there exactly. you go. Yeah, can't have <laughs> I, it all. I am going to commit to next season when the derby is on to go over that weekend for a long weekend and go to the Villa Birmingham derby with, with the ladies and go to whoever we're playing on the other day. I'll join you. Because I just need an excuse to get out of the country. Um, <laughs> that's all I'm at at the moment, and yeah. uh, I, I definitely need an excuse oh, to get out of the house at that stage. I think there's been uh, a huge investment in the team. You know, fair play to our owners. Yeah. Um, they, they've more really to got come. I would imagine. Pardon? More to come, especially with more you know we're bringing. They've got a nice coaching squad, coaching staff inside there. Obviously, the brother and Mark is picking up, but um, you know, I'm I'm so sorry. The name of the the name of the the, the coach that was there previously that's still involved has just flown my mind. Um, apologies to her for that, but um, you know, there's 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 some nice things uh, happening there in the women's team. And we had Adam Reaper, Adam Reaper, should I say, on previously to talk to us at a midway point of the women's uh, of the women's league and. Um, you know, to be able to mix it up there and stay up there in the first season, you can only build from there. Listen, if they have the same magical transformation like our men's team had this year after only staying up in the last day of last season, well, I think we'd be absolutely delighted. Oh, of so, yeah. congratulations to them and, and 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 well done to Aston Villa's women's team as well. Um, and long may their uh, long may they stay in the in in the Super League and drive on from there. Paddy, do we have a man in the match? Do we have a man in the match? Uh... Tough one. Um, are you asking me to pick it? Or are you picking no, I'm asking, yeah, I'm asking you to pick it. You know I defer on the man of the match every single chance I get to you. Yeah, there's there's one man in particular that's lags off my man of the match every week uh, for some strange reason um, messages me on Twitter. <laughs> but uh, anyway, for today, I'm going to give the man of the match to Matty Target. I thought he was excellent. excellent. Yeah. I think I think both both left backs can be really really happy with the performances today. Luke Shaw was really good. Matty Target was just as good. Um, you know, it's it, it's it's a position of strength. Strength, I think, for Gareth Southgate. Well, I would be surprised if Matty Target made it on the made it on the plane. You know, it must be good in, in to know from a Gareth Southgate point of view that he has people like Chilwell, like like um, Shaw, like Matty Target at his disposal. Mm-hmm. And um, you never know. It could be a bolter for the squad um, that, that does go really? to the Euros. But, uh, look, you never know if, if somebody picks up some kind of injury, I, I would say he's next in line to be in there. So. I think so too. Yeah, um, I think so too. Hmm. So yeah. look, he, He's been one of our shining lights this season for sure. 
and um, wouldn't have a bad word said against him all all you want the team has progressed he's progressed with it i think he's been absolutely excellent all season and will mm. be up there for consideration for for player of the season for me so uh yeah I, I, I can't i can't pick out anyone that had a better performance i thought he was excellent today yeah well done matty cash man a match um from aston villa point of view also my bet came in for Henry the Brave today again. It's only a modest, meager bet, but still, you know, we're up to 62. I've, I've 62 euros now in the pot for the Henry the Brave uh, donation that I'll make at the end of the season once I... So that's 62 euros that can't be touched. I'm not. It's not like I'm going to bet that and lose it. That's a definite 62 euros. I'm hoping to try and get it up to 100 euros or more before the end of the season. Um, look, it's only something small, but... Um, and Henry was the mascot today as well virtual mascot for the game as well today so congratulations to him and congratulations to his family and uh, it was great to see um to see on the on the, the titan tron or the, the whatever you call it in, in in the stadium i'm getting very wrestling there with with, with that that word but it's great to see it so um look well done to to, to everybody involved with the virtual mascots as well because it's fantastic to see uh see the you know the community aspect of the club as well still being it's been being brought to the fore uh, as well and that was as part i think of the aston villa foundation and um, that that was um that that was put on there um so thanks everybody once again for listening really really appreciate everything you do for the podcast thanks everybody for tuning into the team sheet tantrum we had I think we're nearly 80 people at one stage watching, which is mind-blowing. Uh, we're nearly at the 100, 100. So if you listen to this <laughs> and you've got friends or family that you think might enjoy a little bit of a, a little bit of a, a to and a fro, I want to get their message re- read out before the game. Absolutely. Just just pop on those magical three figures of of what of um viewers at any stage that will really, really make our make our whole existence worth it i suppose if we could get that before the end of the season it would be fantastic but uh thank you absolutely so much to everybody that 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 does tune in and does listen to the podcast if you could like us if you could share us on twitter if you could leave a little um a little review of us on on itunes or spotify or wherever it just helps us out and it costs you guys nothing you know to help us out and to do that um so as i mentioned we will be back with an everton preview we will be back with a team sheet tantrum before the everton game which will be on uh youtube and face youtube facebook and, and and twitter as well so it will be a live show so as i say we'd love for you all to contribute and to watch us on that as well um but look it's a it's a disappointing day um yeah we're frustrated myself and patty yeah we did a bit of giving out tonight but um look it's this is a this is a 25-year frustration that we've got we've gotten off our chest tonight and we're going to get our 26-year frustration off off our chest next year if we don't win next year and 27 the year after and it will just continue to go on because this is the hex that they have on us at the moment and and you know it'll be it'll be a very very good day in birmingham when we finally break that that uh, that hold that manchester united seem to have on us and start to um start to, to to reverse the trend that we we tend to see in those games but everybody stay safe over the course of the week aston villa football club are, are a team very much to be proud of don't go after players on social media if you can't help it at all um and let's be better than that but until the next time everybody all that's left to say is aston villa are a damn good football team and up the villa up the villa
Social Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.